get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario. No BK with us today. He will be back on Tuesday, uh, and I'm sure he's disappointed in Austin, Texas right now because he always looks forward to our visits with Kylie McDaniel because I know it's off-season T-Bone when Kylie puts out his top 50 free agents and the contract projections. And when he does... We always reach out, and he's happily joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Kylie, it's great to talk, my man. Let's jump right into this one. I have seen so many swirling projections for this top-tier market that isn't Shohei Otani, Yamamoto, and Snell, and Nola, areas that we're hoping the Cardinals are going to be diving heavy into. But are you believing what we're hearing of this $200 million for all of these guys? Uh, not for all of them. I, I think Yamamoto, I thought, uh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago would be in the 150, 160 area plus posting fee. Um, in part going ahead of Snell and Nola, more, you know, proven entities at the big league level because he's 25 and has all the sort of markers of athleticism and command and also good stuff. Um, that it's essentially like a 25 year old version of Aaron Nola. If he was five years younger, you'd pay him a lot more. And I think, you know, Nola might get over 150. So it totally made sense. And then it sort of turned out that, because this doesn't happen very often, a guy of uh, Yamamoto's quality and age, and there's no draft pick that's being lost, um, that every team has sort of put him at the top of their list, like whether you're a small market team like the Rays that sees it as a potential investment because of his age, or a team like the Yankees that doesn't want to lose a draft pick and needs a potential starter. Like every single team seems to be chasing this guy. So now the assumption is that just the contract will go over $200 million. I projected essentially seven times 30. So, uh, you know, call it roughly 210, I would say, is like the over-under. And that would be another $30 million to Oryx Buffaloes, which would then put him in the area of the overall package, challenging Steven Strasburg's $245 million deal for the second biggest pitcher contract of all time. So, Kylie, with that being said, do you think he's probably the first domino to fall in terms of the pitching market to where he's going to have to sign first before we start to then see, like, the Nolas and Snells get off the board? I, I, that is my assumption. I think the Otani deal, the Soto trade, and the Yamamoto contract uh, may be the three things that hold up a lot of the offseason because it would it would seem weird to me that almost any team on Snell or Nola, I think, would at least be kicking the tires on Yamamoto and it looks like he should be starting his 45-day posting period in the next couple of days, which would then put it around Christmas. Uh, so I could totally see the sort of $75 million and up uh, guaranteed money starting pitcher market waits until Christmas for him to sign. Then everyone can make their move later. I could also see that sort of top-tier um, Bellinger, Matt Chapman, maybe even the Teoscar Hernandez sort of $50, $60 million hitter market waiting until the Juan Soto deal and the Otani deal 
uh, to then sort of sort themselves out because I think teams want to do the big stuff first and then you know which $10 million your guy you need to fill in a hole that you have. Uh, particularly with San Diego, they need to add pitching. They might add the pitchers they need in a trade with Soto. So their offseason would look very different depending on if they do the trade and who they get for Juan Soto. And the reason I ask that question, Kylie, is I, I wonder if the Cardinals look at that and go, okay, maybe we're not going to get in on this bidding war if there are potentially 10 to 20 teams and trying to get the first domino to fall. Is that where maybe the Cardinals could then just kind of slide in and say, let's jump the market, let's see if we can get a Blake Snell or Aaron Nola. And with those two guys, which one do you think probably fits best with the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, I wrote in the blurbs of my free agent thing. I've been an Aaron Nola believer since the beginning. He went, I believe, seventh overall back in, who boy, what was that, like 2015? And I thought he should have gone first or second. Um, and I think he is a better pitcher than Blake Snell right now. I think he's also going to age better. I think he also in style matches the kinds of pitchers that uh, the Cardinals go after. I also think he's going to be cheaper than Snell. So all the way across the board, Aaron, or Aaron Nola should be who the Cardinals are chasing. And if they go, you know, five for 130, 140. I'm not going to say that gets it done immediately, but I think he is worth, say, 175, that Carlos Rodon deal that the Yankees handed out last year. I think Snell might get that Rodon deal. I don't think Nola will. So if you go somewhere in that area, the 150, 140 range, that might be enough to get him off the board before Yamamoto moves. And as you're saying, sort of jump the market. I also think Philly may be looking not at we have to re-sign Nola, but we need to get a pitcher to replace him if he leaves. It sounds like they're really uh, scanning the market with Jordan Montgomery, Sonny Gray, maybe making a trade. Uh, I don't think they're going to just top whatever offer you put out there. So I think a quick move from St. Louis for Nola makes the most sense and may also be like the most likely way they would attack things. We're talking with Kylie McDaniel, MLB insider for ESPN. He's got his top 50 free agents um, and contract project projections up on ESPN's website right now, uh, joining us here on 101 ESPN. So, so Kylie, when, when you step away from that top tier, the Cardinals have made it very clear that they need to pursue two starting pitchers at the top of their rotation. The top of the tier is something that all of St. Louis is, is hoping and praying for that the Cardinals go after. But then you get to that next tier. Is that only Sonny Gray, or are there other guys that you feel like should fall into the conversation for the Cardinals to fill out that top two rotation? Sonny Gray is the one I would go after uh, because I, you could argue he's the best right now pitcher of all of them anyway. And because he's 34, it would only take, I think, a three-year commitment. Um, I think if he suddenly he's getting, you know, a hundred million dollars, let's say that's probably a little too much for him. I think you could talk about Eduardo Rodriguez. He's only 30 years old, lefty, just had a good season. There's going to be some questions about how he turned down the trade of the Dodgers. Um, you'll have to work all that out, but I think he is, you could definitely make a case that he is just as good of an option as is Shoto Imanaga lefty coming over from Japan. Who's also a 30 year old lefty. Uh, I think he may be just as good as those guys, just hasn't done it in the big leagues, but all the markers are there. He's essentially a lefty version of Sonny Gray and is younger, so there also could be a little bit of value there. Uh, and because of Yamamoto, might get lost in the shuffle a little bit. He's also a free agent, so there's not going to be any posting fee on top of that. So I think he's going to fall in that 60 to $80 million range, and I think there might be some real value there, whereas I think Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, Jordan Montgomery, some of those other guys – you're kind of paying for what you're going to get, maybe even overpaying a little bit because these guys are a little bit more known entities. And I think once you get below that group, maybe Marcus Stroman would be in that group as well. But once you get below that, then you're talking about guys that I think are going to get 25 to 35 million, only two or three year deals. They're kind of fourth, fifth starters. You know, you're kind of Seth Lugo, Michael Lorenzen, Sean Manaya, those guys that don't really solve a problem. They just sort of plug a hole. Uh, so I think then that's, that's sort of the universe of guys you're talking about. Does that then force the Cardinals into going down the trade path instead of signing two guys via free agency? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at what their payroll was last year, assuming there will be a small increase, uh, they don't have room to sign, say, Nola for $25 million and Gray for $22 million. Uh, that wouldn't be there. They'd have to clear a little bit of money, too. And so then if, say, Dakota Hudson, who's on an expiring deal, Tyler O'Neill, who's on an expiring deal in their last year of arbitration, do you then make room for some of the young guys to step into those spots? You then can clear another $10, $12 million. That then gives you the room to sign two free agents, or you hold on to those guys, and maybe then you trade one of the younger bats to, I guess, the, the very rumored move. Whoever's got extra young bats, Seattle's shopping with Brian Wu, Bryce Miller, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert, depending on what quality hitter you're bringing back. I think that's definitely on the table as well. Um, I think there's like sort of two different areas, two different routes you could go in that area. Do you want to go fully free agent and clear out the money to pay those guys? Or do you want to sort of shuffle? Do you have a real clear point of view on which of these hitters are keepers and which ones seem like extra guys? And maybe there's a way to get an asymmetrical return going down the trade market. I don't have information to say which one of those is smartest, but I think those are the two sort of clear routes to get the two starting pitchers that the Cardinals need. Kylie, if it goes to, you mentioned that, if they go to the trade route, the guy that we've talked about potentially is Dylan Cease and potentially Nolan Gorman going the other way. Would you be hesitant if you're the St. Louis Cardinals to pluck a, a major piece of your offense in Nolan Gorman from your lineup to go out there and trade for a number one starter? Sure. I mean, you always have to be, if you're getting a, a you know limited amount of control uh, on Cease and giving up a lot of control on a guy that could be a corner piece type bat, for a short-term uh, pitcher and see, like you always have to hesitate on that. And that's why I was saying you need to be open to multiple different tiers of pitcher, uh, ideally with more control. Uh, but it, obviously Cease is a very talented guy because there's so many young hitters the Cardinals can trade. This is how you avoid, I mean, you're not going to love me saying this, but losing another, uh, you know, Rosarena or Dolis Garcia, like you have to be able to scout yourself better than everyone else. And so if you're hesitant, to trade a guy because you're like, Ooh, there's five guys here. One of them, at least one of them is going to be really good. I don't want to trade one. We don't have the certainty here. That is not how winning teams make decisions. You can't operate out of fear. You have to know what you have and be able to make a bold move to fix things. Uh, And so if they just go the free agent route, that might suggest that either they're not sure about which guy they want to trade or just the value wasn't there. They didn't see a deal that was worth taking. Um, But yeah, if you're, if you're not sure what you have, you've got a real problem. You got to solve that first. You know, Kylie, one one report that we saw over the last couple of days, which I'm not asking you to confirm or deny, but let's go down this hypothetical path together, brought up the Toronto Blue Jays potentially trading away Alec Manoa, and they brought up Dylan Carlson going the other way. Regardless of who goes the other way, would an Alec Manoa intrigue you if you're in the Cardinals' position? Yeah, because this is an absolute buy-low on a guy that I think has the intangibles in terms of the you know bulldog attitude, does it in the big moments. Uh, all that sort of stuff that, like, say, teams like about Lance Lynn, even though he had a terrible season. Teams, they're saying to me, they think he's going to get a two-year deal after being one of the worst pitchers in the big leagues this year. I think Manoa has those intangibles and very recently was seen as a potential ace. Like, I was getting votes for him in my ace rankings that he should be one of the 12 or 13 guys. And I think that was, what, like 18 months ago? Um, so the idea that you could get him for, uh, what would that be, two, I guess it'd be three years of Carlson? Uh, that you could argue if Carlson you don't think is a core piece, you think he's more of a nice-to-have platoon lower-end starter, and you think Manoa, you have a point of view on what that solution is there, uh, I absolutely think that's something you should think about uh, because that is you don't get a, a chance uh, often to buy low on a potential ace if you think you know what's wrong or have an idea to just turning him into a third or fourth starter. 
that's a another low cost route in the trade market where you're not paying a retail price for George Kirby. Uh, you're kind of moving a little bit down uh, the sort of cost area and maybe even the impact area, but you got a chance for a big impact, which is kind of what you want to be doing. It's almost like the the variance or the sort of return you could get with a prospect, where it's like Tink Hens could come up and be fantastic, or you could be not very good for three straight years and then kind of figures it out later. That's kind of what you're talking about with Manoa. You don't really know what you're going to get, but you'll probably get something, and it could be really good, which is like not very common with pitchers. Kylie, final question for me. We've talked a lot about the starting pitching. I, I want to talk about the relief market because though the Cardinals have said they need three starters, they also seem interested in trying to find some bullpen help as well. And, and in your piece, you have a handful of guys projected to be around $10 million on multi-year deals. I, I don't know if the Cardinals will go splash at the top of the market in the relief relief bin, but how, how deep do you think the relief market is this free agency period? Uh, it's not great at the top end. You got Josh Hader, then I think there's a pretty big gap, and then I think you have Jordan Hicks, which you know I don't I don't know the Cardinals feel about him, but I think there's some real upside there after having like sort of a breakout year this year. And then beyond him, it then gets a little muddled where you have say Yariel Rodriguez uh, coming over from NPB as a Cuban pitcher that might be a reliever, might be a starter, is going to be talking about you know say thirty forty million dollars potentially. Um, you also have Rolf Chapman, Craig Kimbrell, very sort of known entities. Uh, Robert Stevenson, who has been just okay basically his whole career and then went to Tampa Bay for a few months and now looks like he's going to get $30 million, uh, might be a setup man like closer. Like It could just be another one of those guys that the Rays figured out, or it could be he was good for 30 innings. He's not actually very good. And then as you move down a little bit further, there's guys where, again, if you have like that point of view on, like, oh, we think we can unlock something here, Ronaldo Lopez might be had for under $20 million. Uh, Yuki Matsui, a lefty uh, that is free agent, no posting, coming over from MPB. That's sort of a lefty with a splitter, that very familiar type of pitcher that has come over and been successful. Um, Hector Neris is 34, but you could probably get him for under 15 million. Uh, I agree, they need to get a pitcher. I think if you go below that list of guys I just gave you, you're probably not solving the issue. So I think you need to get one of those guys, but you could justify almost any of them being good enough if you kind of like what you have and just want to add to it, as opposed to you need to get an eighth or ninth inning, or I guess Helsley is like the ninth inning guy. But if you feel like you have to get a slam dunk eighth inning guy or you're in trouble, I'm not sure even sure the bottom of that list is really going to solve that problem. You have to go towards the top. He's Kylie McDaniel. You could check out his work at ESPN.com. Of course, follow him on Twitter at KylieMCD, uh, ESPN Baseball Insider. Kylie, always appreciate the time, man. Great stuff on your piece with the uh, contract projections, and uh, we'll be talking, I guess, in about a month or so to see if you were spot on with them all. Yeah, and I'm sure the Cardinals will be a shoe-in for the playoffs by the time I come back on. Well, they will be for about a week, and then people will be underwhelmed for the uh, free agent signings, and then we got to go through six months of finding out what's going to happen. So it'll always be good, Kylie. I'm here for the whipsaw of emotions.